Self-care doesn't need to be a financial suck. That's one of the myriad reasons I love my Flamingo shave set. Shaving feels better when it's not overpriced. So visit shopflamingo.com slash AMR to get your Flamingo shave set. Indeed, indeed. Small businesses have to be more efficient than ever. Every hire is critical. Indeed is the number one job site on the planet. Get a free $75 credit at indeed.com slash AMR. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31, 2020. Take a break with Dipsy. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided wellness sessions designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash AMR. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined by Amanda Loudon. Hello, Amanda. Hi, Sarah. How is it? Oh my goodness! Um, How are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm getting through there. And um, one thing I'm doing is I'm doing less running these days, if you can believe it. Mm, um, what are you doing instead? Yeah, so I'm mixing things up. I um, so lake swimming, pond swimming is over, but I um, now take one strength class a week outside. It's a small group. At most, there's six of us, and it's outdoors um, in a covered space. And we all have our own equipment, like we don't touch other people's um, uh, dumbbells or um, bars or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then I, oh, I went on a bike ride on Sunday. That was really good. It was a beautiful day here. And then I have, I've now transitioned from swimming in the pond to swimming in a pool. And sometimes I'm going twice a week now. So Very uh, nice. Yeah, it is. It is. And um, my gosh, though, it's so funny. I, I have to, I think I've talked about this on one of the podcasts. You have to call and make a reservation. Mm. You get your own lane. You can only move like one, you go in through one door and move um, very quickly through the locker room. Once you're out of the locker room, you can't go back in. Um, one of my, my brainstorms was, um, I uh, want to get into the pool as quickly as possible because you only have 45 minutes to swim. Like um, on weekdays, you get in on the half hour and you have to get out on the quarter after. And and then you exit through a different door and you drop all your, you know, your pull buoy and your um, kickboard and stuff, drop that into a used bucket. And so I was like, oh, I wish I had a towel that I could wear. And I'm like, well, I have a robe that's terry cloth on the inside. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so so I have to, it's like a 25 minute drive there. And there I am driving on the freeway with my robe on. <laughs> that's excellent. <laughs> and, uh, Hopefully there'll be no tickets anytime yeah, soon. <laughs> right, right. Uh, ma'am, can I help you? <laughs> uh, so yes. Yeah, so, cause you have to, you know, I mean, I guess I could put on my swimsuit, but that would, they don't let you in very much before the start time of the swim. So I really try to shave off every second I can. So yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so I wear my swimsuit under my big robe and then leave the robe by the you know side of the pool. And then when I leave, I do a quick change by at the car. I like pull on some joggers and a, a big hoodie or whatever without, okay. so I, I kind of shimmy my swimsuit off. So um, it's not pretty, but it gets the job done. And it's, it's, it's really nice having your own guaranteed lane, you for know, sure, for so sure. COVID silver lining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I did that all summer as well in an outdoor pool. Um, and then once that season ended, um, 
I, you know, it's been a while since I've, well, I haven't been back in a pool, but now I'm really craving it. And mm. so I need to kind of, you know, work up the nerve to go to an indoor pool. And ours, our system sounds very similar to yours. And, um, but yeah, I've been thinking about like what that's going to look like in January. I, cause I don't think we can use locker rooms in ours. <laughs> so oh. I'm like, we're going to come out in our wet bathing suit. Like what, how, how many things can you throw on top of a wet bathing suit and then walk out and like freezing cold in January and get your cars just me. Not so fun, mm. but, um, yeah, see, we, we don't have that same, I mean, it doesn't get all that cold here. Right, so, right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh-huh. Well, hopefully yeah. it won't here. I mean, it hasn't in ages anyhow, but you just never know. So, right. um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I do miss swimming and, and, you know, I loved it outside all summer and, um, mm-hmm. but I, I would like to throw it back into the mix now. So, yeah. I just, I just love swimming. I realize we're another mother runner, but I just find it so cathartic almost yeah and, and very oh. meditative too just like just like running i think you know it is it is and i also love being in a different position you know being um doing an exercise horizontally and having no pressure on my body literally you know that i don't have any contact points yeah and um and it's also man when you only got 45 minutes i mean that's usually how long i swim for anyway yeah but knowing that i only have 45 minutes i just put the hammer down and go you know i stop a few times to get a quick drink but that is it yeah um, yeah, yeah yeah absolutely so, so it is good and um Yes. So I'm enjoying it. So I say, go for it. I say, go for it. I have to go to a different County because in our County, the pools are not open. Oh, I, wow. Okay. I actually just learned um, this week that uh, they're using a lot of the rec centers to um, uh, accommodate the um, people experiencing homelessness. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So um, anyway, so the pools are not available in, in the County that I am in. So all right. Well, um, this is a topic that I think um, people might find pretty salient this week in particular, but it, during the pandemic in general or in regular life, because it is how to beat mental exhaustion. And it was a topic recommended by a mother runner on our Facebook page. And she started by asking anyone else tired, like completely exhausted. And then she ticked off like the mound of responsibilities she must tackle every day. Um, I don't need to list them because I know that you all can relate. <laughs> Everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yep, so we can say them all together. So, um, so we asked Alice Boys, PhD, the author of the Healthy Mind Toolkit, and before that, the Anxiety Toolkit, to talk about how to decrease mental fatigue. Dr. Boys was a clinical psychologist and researcher before shifting to becoming a writer. Alice is a frequent contributor to Psychology Today originally from the South Island of New Zealand, which makes me so envious. Uh, Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) She is the mother of a preschool-aged daughter. Amanda and I will be back with Dr. Boyce after this break. Stay with us. Being efficient is critical, no matter whether you're running miles or your own business. As a small business owner, I know that when you're efficient, you can strive and thrive. This is especially true when hiring for your small business or getting rehired. Indeed can help boost efficiency in the work sphere. Indeed.com is the, say it with me, number one job site on the planet because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there's no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. 
with 73, that's 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for more than 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com AMR. This is the best offer available anywhere, I promise you. Go right now to Indeed.com AMR. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31, 2020. Flamingo is raising the bar for shaving. With five blades, the Flamingo razor has been expertly engineered and thoughtfully designed for all the places you shave. Legs, armpits, swimsuit line, wherever. Founded by women who worked at the men's shave brand Harry's, Flamingo makes ergonomic weighted razors in four pastel colors with metallic accents. The pretty razors have a textured grip that works as good as it looks. Now that I'm swimming in an indoor pool twice a week, folks other than my family can see any hair I deem unwanted, so I'm getting plenty of use out of my Flamingo razor. It provides the cleanest of shaves in a few simple swipes. The Flamingo shave set includes a razor in your choice of pretty color, two five-blade cartridges, foaming shave gel, it's so luxe, body lotion, and a shower hook for easy storage. Like I said, shaving feels better when it's not overpriced. So visit shopflamingo.com AMR to get your Flamingo shave set. It's just $16 with free shipping. With Flamingo's 30-day money-back guarantee, you can try it all risk-free. That's shopflamingo.com AMR. Shopflamingo.com AMR. Yup, Flamingo, like the long-legged bird. Shopflamingo.com AMR. As we're talking about in this episode, mental fatigue can be as draining as physical fatigue. Sometimes the mere thought of making a decision or making a move on your partner or taking some time for your needs can just feel daunting. Jumpstart your sexual side with Dipsy. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided wellness sessions. As you've likely heard me say before, Dipsy stories are designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. Yes, there are scores of stories to choose from, but Dipsy gives you numerous ways to drill down, sorry, no pun intended, to easily find the ones that suit your tastes. For instance, you can explore by category, romantic, couples, off-limits, hookups, voyeur, vacation. Heck, if you're pressed for time, they even have a category, shortest stories. Or choose what's trending. Or eliminate decision fatigue altogether and opt for what Dipsy recommends for you. Also, I really enjoy how escapist Dipsy stories are. With the soft caress of a storyteller's voice, I get to leave responsibilities and realities behind, at least for a short while. And no one needs to be any the wiser. Well, except now that all of you know. For listeners of the show, Dipsy's offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com AMR. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com AMR. Yes, Dipsy like the running trail in California. Dipsystories.com slash AMR. Welcome, Alice. Thanks for joining us. Hi, nice to be here. So, uh, Alice, one of the reasons we are um, addressing this one right now is um, that it feels that people, um, women in particular, um, seem almost pushed to the brink mentally and emotionally these days. Um, do you think, you know, on an anecdotal level at least, um, that that is the case? Yeah, I think that there is a lot of, there's a big range of people's experiences that they're having at the moment. Like, obviously, there are people who, that group that you're, that you're saying, and it's a big group. And then there are people who are kind of sailing through because actually work from home and all of those things suits them 
suit them better who aren't maybe juggling as many things so I think one of the one of the hard things is in terms of empathy is that the people are having quite different experiences but certainly the the group that you talk about is a big group Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. so you feel that that sometimes people might feel especially isolated because they think oh I must be the only one who's in this situation would you think I think that people see other people coping better than they mm. than they are maybe and don't recognize that that uh, people's circumstances are different right that this um, this year that we're having has has shaken a lot of things up and when things get shaken up there are winners and losers there are people that the shake up suits um, and there are people that it causes like a lot of extra um, stress for mm. uh, and so I think that the people probably you know women tend to always hold themselves to like the highest standard that there that there is and I think that 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 can be can be difficult mm-hmm. yeah most definitely most definitely so in in chapter five of your healthy mind toolkit book you open with a notion that most people feel they're playing catch-up all the time and wow I so related to that um <laughs> so um so then working off that notion it can sometimes seem that like going for a run or a bike ride is an indulgence or you know a waste of this precious resource of time that we have so can you talk about why it's actually you know looking after oneself is useful and not um, a time suck let's say yeah I mean that that specific example you gave of exercise is just such a you know no-brainer isn't it because it's 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 if if that is something that feels self-caring to you then you know you're very uh fortunate that it that it does because it's obviously you know pretty much the best thing that you can do for your physical health and mental health and and all of that so you know certainly um there might be there might be some forms of self-care that you might that might be have more of a mixed impact Mm -hmm. um but that's certainly one where there's just no there's no way you could argue that it that it isn't worth the investment Mm -hmm. good good to hear that makes sense so, Alice, we're going to be mixing in some questions that we got from our Facebook audience. Um, and this is a question that comes from Joy. And she says, I have no motivation to do anything right now. Run, cool, get dressed. How can I cool down, get dressed? How can I get motivated? I'm just so tired and tapped out. Yeah, I think there are, there are a bunch of different approaches to this. And, and, the, and they're quite different from each other. So... Um, one approach that's kind of been popular lately is the idea of taking motivation out of it and making a behavior really habitual, right? So, um, for example, like I was going to the gym pre-COVID times and I'd gotten into a really habitual routine of that and just went really routinely. Uh, but that's been a lot harder um, because I'm uh, because of uh, safety reasons not going to the gym at the moment. Um, so one approach is to find a routine of whatever whatever is important to you that you're finding it hard to motivate yourself to do and just really put that on autopilot so really um, do it in the same way at the same time in the same place and as you do that the amount of self-control required to do it will will decrease right but but it can take it can take like three or four months for that that effect to kind of kick in i just um finished writing my third book and that's the approach that I took with with that that um I wrote in two uh two two periods each day and just did that like that was how my days were structured weekdays for for almost a year and that was 
um, and and, it, and after three or four months, it started to become really routine, and it started to become odd when I when I didn't. I felt out of sorts if I didn't do it. Um, another approach is to use the step the step up approach, which is you if you're not feeling mo- and this is something we kind of use with people with de- depression. So if you're not feeling motivated to do something big, like go for a run, do something like really small. So so think about like a scale of zero to 10 where something that as a 10 requires a lot of motivation to do like maybe it's it's exercising or making a difficult phone call or whatever and maybe there's something that only requires a little bit of motivation to do like um like change the sheets on your bed or (laughs) wash the pillowcases like you can really break it down as much as you you um want to and so the idea is to just like start off with things that are like only require two or three of motivation and like that sense of accomplishment will will energize you and will kind of let you jump up the ladder Mm. um and then a third approach is kind of different from those which is to question whether what you are asking yourself to do is what you really want to be doing um and you think about like well what would i feel motivated to be doing and maybe what you'd feel motivated to do is to research other countries you could possibly live in like maybe you need a big change (laughs) and you think gosh well if that was what what was on my list of to do's for today i would feel really motivated to do it so sometimes it's like more of a radical thing where um where the lack of motivation is actually telling you something about like needing a change. Hmm. Okay. So, so maybe if, if you're having trouble going for a run, you could, you know, be like, Oh, well, hmm, I guess I could, you know, I don't know, dust off my bike and go for a ride or go for a walk or, or follow that yoga video that's been gathering dust next to the, you know, DVD player or whatever. Yeah. Or like um, things like, doing something that needs doing around your home. So mm-hmm. uh, like cleaning your pool filter or um, or weeding something, like something that's got a little bit of physical activity to it. Mm-hmm. And that that's very activating. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, yeah, ideally something that kind of gets you up and moving, like out of your seat, mm-hmm. but feels very, like some of the things that you said, they, they would, they sound like more like they're a six or a seven of motivation to me. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I would go even like, even a lot smaller than that sort of five minute tasks. You know, I have to say that's interesting because I find that on weekends, I definitely am like, Oh, I'm going to empty the dishwasher before I go on my run. And now I'm going to, you know, like, I don't know, maybe organize the, my you know little junk drawer or something like that. And I'm like, okay, now I really feel like going out. And, and so I'm, I'm glad unwittingly I'm following your advice. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, sometimes um, the the key to all of this is that you actually have to learn from those experiences. Like if you, if you stumble on a system that that works for you, you need to kind of try and figure out what the mechanism is about why it's working for you and then use that same system in other life areas. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. Um, There's a subhead in your book that I really love and you say, Make the best thing to do the easiest thing to do. Can you talk a little bit more about that, that approach since it seems to apply in so many ways? I mean, work, home, cooking, exercise. Yeah, so the classic example I, um, I often use for this is we have like a really ugly uh, big box that sits right inside our front door and it's where all the junk mail goes. Um, so that when, you know, like you, you, um, you know, you're coming home from shopping or being out, outside or whatever, and you'll check the mail and uh, 
if what happens is either the pile gets put down to be sorted through later, or you quickly like, um, you know, throw off all the junk mail, right? So that the pile becomes a lot smaller. And by having that ugly box right in the middle of the front door, <laughs> it actually like makes that really easy. Like it becomes the easiest thing to do. Like it's, um, and a lot of times that we, we think we want to do something, uh, especially with, with organization in a, in a perfect way. Uh, and you, you need to do it in a, the, in a more realistic way sometimes. And like for me, the, the realistic thing is having this ugly box in my doorway. <laughs> um, I hear you on that one. I, so, uh, you know, in pre COVID times, I'd go into some people's houses. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's so organized. It's so tidy. And I used to kind of beat myself up for not being that type of person. And finally, I'm like, that's just not my jam. Like I just can't, can't figure out systems like that. And so, so, um, you know, looking at um, your, your book and thinking about the idea of developing and implementing systems, I know they could help me, but I don't know. I just sometimes the, the mere idea of, of developing and implementing them is just overwhelming to me. So what advice do you give about devising systems that people can put into practice? So whether it's you know, going through their, their mail every day or, you know, I don't know, planning their meals or whatever it is. Yeah. So this is a great question because it is one that I've, that is quite central to my new book, which is a, a productivity book. So I've just finished writing about all of this stuff. Good. And I, one of the, the major points is rather than to think about creating systems, to think about observing the systems that you already use. Mm. So often when we, uh, when like, an, an example is my spouse and I just um, re- replaced the drywall in one of our in a room of our house, and we we started out the the project kind of getting really annoyed with each other and grumping at each other and worrying we were going to drop these giant sheets of drywall on our heads or it was going to crush us or all sorts of things. And by the end of it, we had a we had a good system right? So we had a system of how we would work through problems. We had a system of like how we could still pay attention to our four-year-old while we were also both trying to do a project together. And a lot of those things you could think about as like being specific to putting up drywall, but they're actually much broader than that and could be incorporated into systems for other projects, like both with each other, but also like potentially even more broadly than that. Um, And so I think it's really daunting if you think about creating a system from looking at like a blank piece of paper, but if instead you change your focus to capturing the systems that you already use and expanding things that already work for you really, really well, expanding like into other areas, taking those same principles and and strategies and things and using them in different spheres of life, Mm -hmm. that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Got it. So, a question from Emily from our Facebook page. She said she's um, having the hardest time coping with risk management and uncertainty. And then she talks about like having to juggle keeping up all in the household tasks, work for her small business, and then distance learning just got foisted back on her family after a spike in COVID-19 cases in her community. So several so her kids going off to school now, they're, you know, at the dining room table bugging her about their, you know, their Zoom link and their you know, long division and things like that. So, so she says living on the edge of not being able to take basic things for granted is killing her mental energy. So how would you help 
in terms of kind of, um, you know, building up that mental energy, recapturing it, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So the, the low hanging fruit with this question is, is to think about whether there's anything cognitively that might be making things worse for her. So whether there's any sort of extra pressure that she's putting on herself in terms of her thinking. Uh, so it might be whether sort of expectations of, of herself, like I have to do this this way, or I have to keep up with everything that my colleagues are doing or my competitors or, um, or I, I absolutely have to do such and such in this amount of time or whatever, whatever it is. So sort of looking at expectations and any self-imposed pressure or perfectionism or those kinds of things. And, and then after that, it's, it becomes looking, looking practically at the, at the best way to handle a less than ideal situation um, and doing some sort of some problem solving that, that kind of thing but that can be easier once you've removed some of the 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 self-imposed pressure mm-hmm. so it's a little bit sometimes a case of self-sabotage that maybe it's time we all lower our, our standards if you will a little bit and uh, cut ourselves a break yeah, I think it gets back to what you were saying at the beginning about people being just in in just real survival mode. Mm-hmm. And when we're in survival mode, we're not thinking about thriving. So um, you have to kind of break that chain of just, just being in pure survival mode. And it's not until you can get a little bit of relief from that that you can really get into the um, get into the mode of, of making better systems and all of that kind of thing because it, it is – um, there's a phrase being um, too busy chasing cows to build a fence, mm. like for when you're just kind of running around in circles, but you can't do the thing that would actually smooth things out on an ongoing basis. So it's, it is figuring out how to give you, yourself the mental space that you need mm-hmm. to be able to build the fence, basically. Mm. I like that. Is that a New Zealand phrase? Um, no, it's one that I, I was trying to explain a concept in an interview and some and a, a reporter actually said it to me and I said, oh, can I use, can I use that? Because <laughs> it was like a way easier way of explaining what I was trying to say. Um, and that's the only time, only time I've ever heard of it, heard it but um, I've used it quite a bit since then. <laughs> maybe, maybe we could make it, um, you know, a, a Kiwi phrase by saying, you know, too busy chasing sheep to build a fence. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, Alice, you wrote a great piece earlier this year for Psychology Today about how to get more pleasure out of everyday life. I think we could all benefit from feeling more pleasure and joy these days. So what are some words of wisdom that you can share on how to do that? Yeah, so um, routines that you like are a really good a really good way because it's easy for self-care stuff to get and, and pleasure to get shunted off the end of the agenda every day mm-hmm. um so like some super simple things that that i have been doing so i live in in las vegas so it's been um it's been really hot over summer so it's basically been too hot to be out during the day and we've been taking like if we've been taking walks and things it's been at midnight basically because of the heat and then we've just switched into like a weather zone we're now like we need to be out in the sunny part of the day which is um the the middle of the day whereas we've been avoiding the middle of the day for months so um now i'm just starting to have some routines of doing that like uh 
in the mornings I take my computer outside. I've got like a seat set up under a palm tree Mm -hmm. and, um, (laughs) and my, we, we, um, my, we, a baby tortoise, um, arrived in our backyard, (laughs) like a newborn baby tortoise, about two, two inches long. And yeah. And apparently the way that they get there is birds drop them. (laughs) So anyways, we've had this bird, this animal dropped into our backyard and we've, now looking after it so it sleeps inside overnight and then every morning my um spouse and daughter will take the baby tortoise outside so i take my computer outside sit under the the tree and like it's just a really nice routine that we have in the the mornings Mm -hmm. um and the the tortoise will get let out of the box and someone will have to supervise the tortoise making its way around the the yard (laughs) while i'm working um and that, yeah, it's just, it's just really nice. Right. So you, you need uh, routines that, that are pleasurable uh, because otherwise they, otherwise it, it, it will just get left off the, off the list and amongst everything that you, um, everything else. Mm-hmm. We have a family that lives a couple door down, door sound from us. They're a young family and have two young kids. I know she, I know the mom is a, um, surgeon or a doctor i'm not sure what the husband does and they have a um, american bulldog and they are out every single morning and every single evening taking a walk and it's like sometimes the kids are on bikes or scooters or whatever i'm just like oh my gosh i'm so envious of them that you know no matter what it can be raining we can be having an ice storm it can be hot whatever but they are out there and i i, I don't know i just look at them and i think like wow you know like that's that bring some pleasure today and it's going to bring, bring you know it's something the kids are going to look back on and be like oh remember when we used to walk around the block every night mom um, yeah and yeah. that's exactly it and one of the the other important principles is to and again this gets back to observing yourself and knowing yourself really well is to there's this thing called hedonic adaptation which is that you know when when you and people it's been a concept that's been around for a while so people may have heard of it but it's the idea that you that the first cookie t- tastes really pleasurable but then the 10th cookie tastes less pleasurable or like when you get a new car it's really pleasurable for a while and then it starts to become ordinary mm-hmm. but some some pleasures are much less um prone to hedonic adaptation so if you know like i'm, I'm never gonna um get sick of sitting in the sunshine like that is just something that is pleasurable no matter how many times that i do it, it it's something i really 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 enjoy um like seeing my child happy and snuggling her is something that is I'm I'm never going to start getting less pleasure out of that no matter how many times that I've done it so you kind of need to combine habits with things that you know that that you uh uh, that you don't have hedonic adaptation Mm -hmm. kick in I always find that true with um, potato chips on a uh, road trip. Man, that first one is so awesome. And then it's just like, okay, I don't even taste these in my mouth anymore. I think it's time to stop eating them. Um, so um, I don't think I have that with potato chips. I think I like potato chips right down to the end of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
we'll, we'll take a poll on our Instagram story. Right, right. <laughs> Hedonic adaptation with potato chips, yes or no? Uh. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I do, with, I, I would with cookies because I'm not like a cookie person. But yeah, so I think that that's I think and that again, that's like knowing your, knowing yourself. It's like you've got to understand the principle mm-hmm. of it, but look past the specific example. If the example is not relevant to you, and find your own examples. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Um, so we have a Facebook question from a different Amanda. Um, and she says that because she works from home, she has much less of a divide between work and home life. So as you know, in, in the before times, she would um, be able to take her drive home to rally a bit from her work. Um, you know, the work induced mental exhaustion or vice versa. If she has a tough morning with the kids and then drives off to work, she can kind of center herself on the drive to work. So now that she doesn't have that break, um, her life kind of just bleeds the work and, um, you know, home life kind of just bleed together. So she wants to know if you have any tips on how to create a mini divide or a mini pick me up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, and there was a a few months ago, there was a, apparently there's a German word for your routine for ending work. And people can probably find it but there was like a word word for it and it was kind of like for having a beer after work to signal the end of the work day I think uh-huh. um but yeah so I sort of touched on that before like I was I I all for the last year I've been doing these two uh two sessions a day of of writing and so I would have some and like especially over the summer I would have a routine where after my my first session I would take my um I would go Take, have a swim with my with my four-year-old mm-hmm. so she knew like yeah I was going to be kind of busy doing what I was doing for for a couple of hours but then I was going to give her my attention and we were going to do something fun together for 40 minutes or whatever um and we got into a really good routine of that so uh, I think it can it can also help but it can be especially helpful for families because then everybody knows like what the what the schedule is um, but I do think you just have to find routines that, that work for you, that give you that, um, give you that break. So one of the, the things with like going into the pool is that I obviously cannot take my computer into the pool. <laughs> so, um, sometimes you need to find, uh, a way of giving yourself the break that's incompatible with the other behaviors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and, but it is, again, that's like, this is like a really personal question of like what you want your what you want your switch off routine to be but it's it is just a matter of finding uh, um finding one and even finding like a couple so that you've got one to separate out different um different work periods in the day and that can really help you focus because it's a lot um it, like if you know you're working for a set period of time and you've got a goal for what you want to get done in that that period of time then that's obviously more motivating than just having this kind of open-ended day Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah okay um so it, it's one thing um to ask for help you know emptying the dishwasher or taking out the garbage but you know if if you're um for instance a single parent and and you um you talked about emotional support in a, in a good blog post recently and so say you're a single parent and you know you're feeling um, mentally exhausted and yet you're you know kind of loathe to turn to friends or family um, to ask for emotional support? What are the best ways to get that support? Yeah, so I think that the secret resource for emotional support is is your weak connections. So sometimes it can be hard to 
there could be a lot of pressure like with emotional support with people that you know really well because people that you know really well you expect a lot from them and maybe they expect that if they give you that people giving emotional support to people that they know well often like expect a lot of themselves and giving it um whereas weak weak connections can be really can be really uh unexpected sources of little bits of support and sometimes those little bits of support are just um they almost feel more powerful than the support that you get from people who you're close to and there's like some interesting research showing that that people who have experienced something sometimes aren't the most empathic about that that thing Hmm. um so the the idea is behind that is that people who have experienced something themselves and got through it maybe think that oh well I got through it so other people will too um so things like like people that have got through medical school might be not as empathetic to medical students that are you know going through residency or or whatever because they sort of think well I well I got through it and people don't do it unconsciously but it's like a it's a non non-conscious thing um and yeah so I think that you can be really surprised by just letting people into your world a tiny bit Mm-hmm. and seeing the the tiny bit that you get back and it can that can really help you feel more of a sense of 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 community which is which is often just what we need the general feeling of when we're feeling overwhelmed or when we're dealing with something that's really sad or whatever it is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I found, listening to you talk about that alice reminded me um i um went through an unexpected divorce for my um, first husband when I was um, 30, so a long time ago, um, and pre-cell phone and all that stuff. And um, I was just feeling really, really down. And this guy that I was uh, a work colleague, this guy, Bob Howells, he called out of the blues. Again, it was back when people used to call each other and talk to each other on the telephone. And I like, if it was now and I like saw caller ID and I'm like, oh, Bob Howells, I don't want to talk to Bob Howells right now. And he just was so wonderful. And I mean, this is, you know, two decades later, and I remember the support and the, the strength that I took from that conversation. And, and I don't know, it just, um, so I do, I, I oftentimes tell people if I meet, meet someone who's going through particularly a, a divorce, I'm always like, just, you never know who's going to be able to offer the support that you need. So just yeah. kind of to be, to be open to it. Yeah, well, here's Bob Howell's phone number. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I I think just another point that I I thought of a little bit while you were talking was one one of the other things is to be less fussy about the support you receive. Because often people, um, sometimes when people are feeling stressed out, they get more they get more fussy. (laughs) Um, And uh, so, like you know, if you're going to get support from some from people, you don't. You're not, it's not always going to be the exact perfect thing that they say. Mm-hmm. And you can either let yourself get um, irritated by that or you can see the intention behind it. Like, mm-hmm. um, like the kind of thing, like if I talk to my stepdad about something emotional, like I can, I will get the sense that he's trying to be supportive, but the chances of him saying the exact right thing that I wanted to say, him to say are not like <laughs> very hot, very high. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, and even just, uh, if you tell, sometimes people get, will say, will we'll reach out 
for support to people. And then those people will come and check back in on them a wee bit later. And then they'll feel intruded on that those mm-hmm. people are checking back in on them or something. So just recognizing that if you're stressed, your sort of irritability might go up. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to really see the intention and be a bit less fussy about the support that you have, like take any time that anyone's, that you, that you sense a genuine intention of being supportive mm-hmm. as um, you know, is sort of a blanket of warmth, even if it's not the exact right thing. Mm-hmm. I like that, a blanket of warmth. Yeah, and also that I, I think sometimes it's tough if you um, share, like I have, um, I adore my husband's cousin, Kate. And so, and she lives like three hours away. So in, again, pre-COVID times, they'd, you know, visit maybe, and maybe we'd see them twice a year or something. And I always felt kind of badly because like if I griped about my husband or something to her, so her griped about her cousin to her, mm-hmm. the, then it would be like frozen in time. And then the next time I would see Kate, she'd be like, oh, so how's Jack doing with the blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, oh, that was so six months ago. But, you know, to, to, but then it almost, when I was like, okay, instead of being kind of like, irked that she reminded me of that I'm like oh huh yeah that used to be an issue and and now it's not and I guess you know what I'm griping about today maybe won't seem like such a big issue down the road so I don't know kind of the the sometimes fleeting nature of um of gripes and grievances yeah 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 um so all right so I really like this question from Abigail um when do you know it's time to listen and take a break? And when do you just keep pushing through? Like it, uh, particularly I'm thinking Abigail means like if she really feels a lack of motivation to go running, how to, you know, when to push through on that and when to be like, you know what? Okay. Today's not the day. Today's I'm just not going to go running today. Okay. So there's a, an approach that I like to take with things like that. And it's to have uh to have a rule of thumb. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I'm, I use this with, with perfect, a version of this with perfectionism, which I can kind of explain a little bit once I've given them the answer to this. So mm-hmm. let's say that you, 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 you take a ballpark and you say like seven out of 10 times, I'm going to push myself, right? And three out of the 10 times, I'm going to not push myself, right? And you wouldn't like record that or monitor it super precisely or whatever. But just as a ballpark, you, you would have an idea. You could pick any number, right? Which, whatever number you feel like is kind of, right for you and you can test that out and adjust it if you if you if you want to and and do that and then that's by picking something that's not like 10 out of 10 times I'm going to push myself or zero out of 10 times I'm going to push myself you'll get some flexibility in your uh, behavior Mm -hmm. and it will also like just help you see the big picture more and see how that um that choice fits in with all of your other choices. Like, cause obviously like something that is like, maybe it's a job application for your dream job. I mean, you probably should push yourself to like do a really good job of that. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking, well, you know, seven out of 10 times, I'm going to push myself and three out of 10 times I'm not, then does that, f- does the specific incidents fit more in the seven or more in the three? And again, like this is like not a precise thing. It's just giving yourself a book, a a ballpark mm-hmm. uh, that you can use and that will help kind of cut down on how stressful like the decision feels each time. Cause it's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, half of the decision you've already pre-decided. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then what was the, you were going to come back to the talking about, um, was it perfectionism or what was it? Yeah. So I basically use the same sort of thing with perfectionism. Like, am I going to take a perfectionistic approach to this or not? Mm. Um, and seven out of 10 times I let my perfectionism 
like you know be injected into the 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 whatever task I'm working on and three out of ten times I decide actually no it um that this doesn't warrant being perfectionistic about it Mm. and and probably I started out as seven out of ten and maybe I've gone down to more like six out of ten or something like that so I've got a little bit better at not being perfectionistic about things over time because Mm -hmm. because by practicing non-perfectionistic behavior you get more more flexible and I think like some people obviously have a problem with pushing themselves too much and some people with not pushing themselves enough but like if you you, um make sure that both of those behaviors are part of your repertoire you can you can um flip between them a little bit more depending on the the situation rather than always going with like your default regardless of whether it's the right choice in a particular situation Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I think I think that's ultimately what boils down to is um trying to streamline as many choices as you're going to make you know as so many people say you know um decision fatigue is real and so at mm. kind of anything any um bumpers that you have to keep you in in check so that you don't have to make quite as many decisions or or some rules about how you're going to make decisions i think makes them easier yeah because decision like anything anytime something is a decision it's a a you know it's a real it's just asking for self-control failure, right? Um, the, 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 I think Gretchen Rubin said something about like how, like thinking you're going to, I'm not sure if it was about food or what it, what it was about, but like have, if your plan is that you're going to make, I'm going to make better decisions about such and such, mm-hmm. that it really is just setting yourself up for failure that you need that you need habits and, and systems for those kinds of things mm-hmm. um, so that self-control is less of a, and, and, and good decision-making is less of a, a, a factor in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. So any, any parting words on mental exhaustion, particularly during this time? Um, I think probably just going back to what um, we said earlier about the, the, self-expectations and things and it's really hard for people who are uh, self-critical perfectionists or whatever to recognize when they're having unreasonable expectations because for someone that's a perfectionist like all their all their expectations and all their self-criticism feel totally reasonable Mm. um so learning to to really be able to look at your thoughts and figure out whether there is any way that you're seeing the situation that is not um not the only way to see it and whether there's a different way of seeing it that would make you feel differently and make you feel less exhausted or under less pressure or all of those kinds of things and just trying on those those other thoughts like you don't have to buy into them like hook line and sinker you can just think well if i felt like trying on clothes like if i you know, let's say you don't ever wear yellow or mm-hmm. whatever but mm-hmm. just try on like the yellow thing or try on the self-compassionate thought or the the thought that is um more in line with the advice that you would give other people or whatever it is and just see how those different thoughts feel mm-hmm. and you know, if you can have someone in your life that is, or well, you know, more than one person in your life who's good at helping you see other ways of seeing things. Um, so like a therapist or um, luckily for me, like because I trained with a bunch of psychologists, like a huge proportion of my friends are like that. And it is just amazing, <laughs> like how good they are at 
um, like just saying something that completely changes my view of a situation. So, you, you know, you need um, people like that in some form because we're, we will all have personal blind spots when, when it comes to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Alice, for making time to talk with us. Sure. Take care. So I think I want to go sit in the sun and hang out with that um, baby tortoise for a while. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty pleasant. Yeah, I loved it before she told us that she lived in Las Vegas. I knew she lived in Las Vegas. I hadn't said it. But when she said like cleaning out your pool filter, I'm like, yeah, that's a specific example that, that reflects where she lives. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, well, um, I am very excited. I spent all morning working on putting new merch in our store, Amanda. Um, mm, nice. Yes. Last week, uh, did a photo shoot that I think I mentioned that I was doing on the podcast. Uh, did a photo shoot with a bunch of editorial shots, but also of all our new merch and with a whole bunch of new mother models here in town. And they just were ooing and aahing. It was, it's always nice to debut things in person um, to people. And so we have, we were calling it our fall winter capsule collection. It has kind of a retro vibe on some of the um, styles on the actual pieces, but we have, oh my gosh, wait for it. We have joggers as in, you know, um, pant, jogger pants um, for mm. lounging and living in. Um, one of our bammers recommended that. Um, and we actually did a set of that with, um, they have, um, our logo on the on the front patch pocket, and then it has a, a coordinating uh, sweatshirt. If you feel all granimally and going matchy matchy, we have um, <laughs> also a great new zip hoodie. Um, uh, we have a quarter zip. We have um, oh gosh, we got um, a new woman working on some of our designs, and so we did this great um, graphic that says "Relentless Forward Motion," and we put that on a tech tee, a long sleeve tech tee, which we don't. Uh, too often carry and then also on our lifestyle we're doing a new vu-ray bag so we just got all sorts of things oh and i i gotta go work on putting more of them in so i gotta stop talking yeah. um but but so <laughs> those um are gonna by the time you're listening to this podcast they will be in our store and that um you can find that online at motherrunnerstore.com again that's motherrunnerstore.com and just um click around you'll find them all in there our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Mm -hmm.